0: Glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out like the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with the knee. Golly. Or will they tackle the in the four-year-old. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can. <laughs> What is going on guys? It is Friday, November 9th and you are listening to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast hosted by yours truly, Matt Bruning. I'm back on the mic again for our Friday podcast. So, for today's podcast... The breakdown for it today will go a lot like this. Not even a lot like this. This is how it's going to happen since I'm the one doing the podcast, obviously. We will have a breakdown of the Thursday night game between the Carolina Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which ended up really not being a game after that first quarter, which sucked. because if you guys watched it uh, much like I did, it looked like we were going to have ourselves quite a fantasy football fest last night, and then it kind of went... ...to complete other direction. After that, we will jump in and do our Friday previews. I will preview every game... On the Sunday slate for football, Um, cannot wait. We've got a lot of good games going on this weekend. Uh, No real breaking news except for one injury note that just came across a little bit ago right before I started recording. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and talk about that now real quick. And that was Dez Bryant. Uh, He apparently has torn his Achilles uh, right at the end of Saints practice today. And really, for fantasy, I don't think that means much. Uh, For real life, though, that sucks for Dez. I was really, um, even though I've never necessarily been a big fan of his, it would have been nice to see him kind of come back and get uh, his redemption, possibly revenge on the Cowboys as they play each other or would have been playing each other in a couple weeks. Uh, But it would have been nice to see him kind of come back and see if he could possibly end things uh, the way that he wanted. Obviously, now with this injury, he had only signed a one-year contract with the Saints, so he's... Likely, unfortunately, going to be a free agent again and coming back off an Achilles injury, which usually takes, I believe, about a year. So at this point, you're already looking at him not being able to come back till possibly week 10 of 2019, and that's just a big blow for him. For the Saints, like I said, I don't see it doing much uh, fantasy-wise. Obviously, Trae Smith will step right back into that number two role. uh, As a wide receiver, he's likely mostly owned by... uh, uh, most or er, he's likely owned in every league. However, some people may have dropped him with the Des Bryant signing, so it's definitely something to run to your waiver wires now and look at. Uh, obviously, he he might have already been picked up by the time this comes out, especially with the news breaking about 20 minutes ago. But if he hasn't, go ahead and snag him now because I do think he's obviously going to see a an uptick in targets and everything. As it's by far just him and Michael Thomas in that receiving game for the Saints. So with all that being said, for Thursday night... Oh, I'm sorry, we'll finish... uh, I guess I should give you guys the rest of the podcast breakdown. And besides the Sunday night slates, obviously, last and not least, I will give you guys my cover for for the weekend. And I will also uh, give you guys some updates on some things that I'm going to hopefully have coming out this weekend. So, now with all that being said, let's head into our Thursday night recap. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. So Thursday night, like I said earlier, started out as a, uh, at least looked to be a really good game between the Carolina Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. As uh, we literally saw three scores happen in the first, within 23 seconds of each other between the Christian McCaffrey uh, catch and run for a touchdown, and then almost it seemed like on the very first play of the Steelers' drive, Juju Smith-Schuster gets a 75-yard touchdown pass. I mean, literally, it was literally on his first pass, Ben Roethlisberger's first pass of the game. Juju Smith-Schuster does most of the work there, though, taking it 75 yards. And then, obviously, on the next ensuing drive for the Carolina Panthers, uh, Cam looks like he's going to get sacked. Uh, tries to just kind of get rid of the balls uh not take a, a big uh, safety there and throws it right to the Steelers' defensive linebacker, and uh, he takes it in for a touchdown. Literally all three of those scores coming within 23 seconds of each other, and all of a sudden we're sitting here looking at, all right, this might be like a huge fantasy football day, Uh, and it, it did after that kind of fail to live up to expectations. So for Carolina, though, I had actually had predicted that Cam Newton would have a, a good game here against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that, while was improving, I thought was still kind of lacking in being a really good defense, and they were actually able to shut him down fairly well here. This offensive line just got beat up by the Steelers defensive line the entire game. As Cam goes for just 193 yards, two touchdowns and one interception, getting you those 15 points in fantasy. Not a great day. Not exactly what we've been expecting from Cam. Lately, he's been putting up over 20 points or 20-plus points almost every week here lately. Uh, So definitely a disappointing effort from him. Christian McCaffrey, though, comes up big for you for the running backs here. 14 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. And then he adds 61 yards and 2 touchdowns on 5 catches in the receiving game. A huge game for McCaffrey here. Obviously, we talked about him yes or on Wednesday's podcast as well that I thought he'd have a pretty good game here as I did not think that the Steelers linebackers would be able to match up with him very well, and they weren't. Now, obviously, a lot of this, though, just... Comes down to what could have happened had the, the Panthers still been in this game. Matt McCaffrey could have had an even bigger day. Again, comes through with 34 points in fantasy. Uh, and this is what McCaffrey is. What was uh, just a very good receiving back out of the backfield. Uh, kind of a scat back type. What was interesting to see with him uh, was there was a couple plays actually where he got stuck in the backfield trying to block a uh, pass block for Cam Newton and he got blown up. Uh, what'll be interesting to see is if Jonathan Stewart, or I'm sorry, CJ Anderson, starts to get a little bit more run there, maybe in some passing plays to try and help protect Cam and keep him upright. But even if that uh, if that does actually keep him off the field a little bit, I can't imagine it's going to hurt his value any or his snaps because McCaffrey's just been fucking awesome all season long. Of course, after that play, after all that stuff happened, though, the Steelers really kind of ran up the score, uh, and it went from being 14-14 to 52-21 for the Steelers. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I mean, things escalated so quickly for the Carolina Panthers in this game that they really had they kind of got away from their game script, and I think it really hurt everybody else on this team. Greg Olson just getting you 40 yards and four catches, and then Devin Funches, their supposed 132 yards on three catches. So it became all about Christian McCaffrey. you know. And again, he, he is a baller. He is an awesome player. I mean, I honestly think regardless of if uh, if the game script had gone that way or not, McCaffrey was going to have a great game because he did match up very well here. For Pittsburgh side of things... So, obviously, Big Ben comes through for you huge in this game with 500, I'm sorry, 328 yards and five touchdowns. It was a great game for Big Ben. They were just kind of able to throw all over this Carolina Panthers defense. Again, it really does help when the first throw you make to... Is uh to one of your best wide receivers, one of the best wide receivers in the game, and he takes it seventy-five yards to the house. Uh, but Big Ben puts up thirty-five points for you in fantasy, so he's helped give you a nice lead here going into the weekend. James Conner comes up a little bit short here with thirteen points in fantasy. Again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was put into concussion protocol during this game uh, and I'm sure that toward the end they were saying that he was fine and had been cleared and everything so I think a lot of it they were just holding him out just to hold him out because they didn't really need him anymore but he does get you 65 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries uh, and adding obviously 8 yards on one catch in the receiving game Uh, we got to see a little bit more of the rookie Jalen Samuels in this game as well he obviously gets a touchdown uh, 22 yards a 14 yard touchdown Uh, doesn't do much in the rushing game though but that's not really his game he is very much a receiving back uh, and it does look in I would assume that he's going to be the future receiving back for this team I do think they're going to do a a little duo between James Conner and Jalen Samuels after they move on from Le'Veon Bell at the end of this year if if in all honesty if Le'Veon Bell even comes back again he has to report by this coming Tuesday for him to be able to play in the 2018 season. For their wide receivers. So I did get this one a little bit wrong. Uh, I did think Juju was going to struggle a little bit here. Technically if you take away his 75 yard touchdown run. He would have struggled. Would have gotten you just two catches on twenty. Five yards uh, does get you three catches 90 yards and a touchdown. Obviously uh, again that 75 yard touchdown really does help him uh, and he's just been kind of regressing a little bit every week as we've talked about uh, but did get 17 points in fantasy came just under what Antonio Brown did getting you 18 points in fantasy uh, as he doubled up Juju on catches with sixth uh, he got you a touchdown as well as 96 yards. Vance McDonald gets you a touchdown as well. We talked about Vance possibly having a good game here against the Carolina Panthers as uh, Luke Keekley likely would not cover out onto the tight ends. He gets you 44 yards and a touchdown on four catches. Getting you 12 points in fantasy, which is always good at the tight end position. So, really what this says, I think for me, on either team is not much. I I think we all knew Pittsburgh was good. I don't think they're exactly as good as they showed uh, last night. And Panthers, I don't think they're as bad as they showed. I still think they're one of the top teams in the NFC. It's just one of those games where it got away from them. Uh, Their star players played fairly good, except for Cam, obviously. And Cam does affect everybody but Christian McCaffrey, uh, as we saw. And, God, I just love that guy. He's such a good, good player. So, with all that being said, we will go ahead now and jump right into our previews of the Sunday Slate. Alright, so the first game I have here on my list is the Atlanta Falcons and the Cleveland Browns. Atlanta being given the uh, 67% chance of winning this game and they are being given 6 points. For Atlanta, uh, I mean really there's only there's only one thing as a Browns fan I can say going into this game. Oh no! God! No! God, please, no! 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 Yeah, as a Browns fan, I am a really, really, really not looking forward to this game. Uh, right now, Denzel Ward looks like he is going to be out. What makes this game even worse for Cleveland is their top cornerback Denzel Ward is likely going to be out, which means that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will be able to throw all over them. So for the Falcons, Matt Ryan here, I expect him to have obviously a very good game as I just talked about with Denzel Ward being out. They are likely not going to have anybody who is even remotely close to being able to recover Julio or to cover Julio Jones. Uh, I expect both of them to have good games here. Uh, I also expect Calvin Ridley to have a good game as well. Tevin Coleman. So the Browns have been getting gashed by the run here lately. So while a lot of us thought that Cleveland's uh, defense had improved some against the run earlier in the year, uh, they were actually right in the teams right around 15-16 up until a couple weeks ago where they've literally finished uh, starting with the Chargers, Buccaneers, Steelers, and Chiefs. They have been ranked 29th, 28th, 28th, and 29th against the run. So I do expect Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith to eat a little bit here, have very good games. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I would trust him a little bit more in the receiving game as he actually got more catches last week than Edo Smith. It looks like they're trying to transition him back into that receiving back role. I also expect Austin Hooper to have a good game here as well Uh, as we have seen Christian Kirksey was placed on the IR earlier this week by the Cleveland Browns. I thought he was by far one of their best linebackers and their best cover linebacker Uh, and especially with again Denzel Ward being out in the secondary with the way these guys are going to have to move around to try and cover the options of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I expect Austin Hooper to be able to get open and if they get down in the red zone which well let's all be honest here they will get down into the red zone. Hooper should be a good option for Ryan on Cleveland's side here. So I expect Bake Show Baker Mayfield. Hey, shake and bake, Cal. Woo, shake and bake. You have a really good game here. Uh, this Atlanta defense has obviously, I've talked about many times before, not looked good since losing some of their top top options in Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. I really do expect Baker Mayfield to have a really good game here. So against the pass, lately, again, much like Cleveland, they started off very good in the year, 2-10 and ten ranked against the defense earlier on, uh, and now they've lately been 29th, 30th, And they had their bye week, and then last week, 29th against the Redskins and Alex Smith, of all people. Baker Mayfield, I think, uh, is a little bit more of an explosive quarterback than Alex Smith is. I do expect Baker Mayfield to have a good game here, and His receiving targets in Jarvis Landry and David Njoku. Njoku, I expect to bounce back. Uh, Obviously, had a decent week last week, giving you about 7 points. Uh, Struggled the week before, obviously getting literally 0 targets, 0 catches, and a whopping 0.0 points for fantasy. But since Freddie Kitchens has taken over uh, this offense, they've really done a good job at least in one week because that's the only sample size we have here. Uh, He did a really good job of trying to establish the run and then uh, obviously hitting Duke Johnson out of the backfield with a lot of passes, which I do think is going to help Baker set up plays downfield, which is where Antonio Callaway and Jarvis Landry come in. So Jarvis Landry I think is an easy play this week. I think he's an easy play every week. Uh, Take my Browns bias aside, I do think he is easily a wide receiver too every week because he's going to get the volume and he's going to get the targets. He's uh, dropped his uh, catch percentage a little bit this year compared to uh, passes or in uh, catches in the past. Of course, I think a lot of that was due to the fact that Ryan Tannehill was literally hitting him from like two to three yards out. Uh, his his average depth of target this year is about eight yards, which is a little bit obviously. Further than the three to five yards I felt like he was getting with Ryan Tannehill. So again, I think he's an easy start for me for for Antonio Callaway, I'm a little bit torn on him. I do think that he's a deep sleeper this week, as I do think, obviously, as I've talked about before, all it really takes is one play for him to make your day, but I do think that that happens this week. Again, Keanu Neal, losing him is a big deal for that Atlanta Falcons secondary, and while they have looked good again, they were literally ranked right at the back end, if not, uh, I mean, literally by 28, 29, and 30 here against the pass I do think Antonio Callaway is going to be able to get a big play on them. I would avoid Rashad Higgins, Damian Ratley, and Rashad Perryman this week because I really don't think any of those guys come through for you. And, of course, for the running backs here, so obviously Duke Johnson I think is an easy play. Again, I do expect them to continue to use him the way they did last week. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get you 20-plus points like he did last week. Uh, but I still expect him to have a productive game as the Browns will likely be down and down early. So they're going to have to rely on him in the hurry up game to get them back in it. As for Nick Chubb, I don't expect a huge game from him this week. Atlanta has improved their run defense since the start of the year, where they were ranked in the low 20s. They've gotten up to about right around 15 right now against the run. I'm sorry, 16 against the run. So I don't expect Chubb to have a huge game here. However,. I expect him to at least have a decent day. He's probably going to finish as a running back too. He'll likely score. If the Browns get down in the red zone uh, around the goal line, he will get the ball. And uh, he does have the ability to put it in. uh, We've seen that he's a very good running back. And I have the Atlanta Falcons, unfortunately, winning this game. Next up we have the New Orleans Saints going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. So New Orleans here is a 52% favorite to win the game and they are being given 5 points for New Orleans side here. Obviously Drew Brees, no I take that back, not obviously, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are obvious starts for you. Uh, They've both been studs almost the entire season, more Kamari than Michael Thomas, as we did see Michael Thomas kind of dip a little bit uh, more in the middle of the season. Uh, but is an absolute stud. Uh, he's worth a start every single week. They've kind of reduced Mark Ingram's role. So I expect Alvin Kamara to get even more work this week. Cincinnati does have a good defense. Um, they do rank right around the middle of the pack, uh middle of the 20s really against the run. So Alvin Kamara should be able to put up some pretty good points for you. And I expect the same with uh, Michael Thomas as well, as the Cincinnati Bengals have really been bad against the pass this year their best rank week being week 20 against the dolphins and that actually kind of makes sense on why they were so good against the pass that week Uh, so i expect both these guys to come through for you drew Brees, however i expect to continue to go back to his qb2 ways obviously Last week, he had a huge week against the Rams. They were throwing the ball all over the place. I don't expect that to happen this week. I do expect the Saints to win and win handily, uh, but I do expect Drew Brees to kind of go back to what he's been the past year or so and being a QB2 for fantasy. Uh, I also like Benjamin Watson in this game. I do think that he can put up some points. For Cincinnati's side here, Andy Dalton, the red rifle, or when he has a bad game, the red water pistol. Uh, I do expect Andy Dalton to have a good game here. Uh, I expect the, the Saints to be able to get up early on them. And then Andy Dalton and this offense are going to have to throw and throw often to get back into it. Obviously, the loss of A.J. Green is really going to hurt him. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, can obviously step up and continue to be a wide receiver one down the stretch. The interesting thing here with Tyler Boyd is I think there's a legitimate shot that A.J. Green has done for the year, which means Tyler Boyd could likely be a top 12 to 14 wide receiver the rest of the way. If you've got him, you have to start him every week. uh, As in my opinion, he is the only reliable wide receiver for the Bengals. The running attack here, Joe Mixon, I'm not expecting much out of him, guys. I'm really not. uh, The Bengals, I'm sorry, the Saints run defense has really come to play the past few weeks they've been really good against the Ravens Vikings and Rams while the Ravens uh, necessarily didn't have a very good running game the Vikings and the Rams do the Rams obviously do as they have like the goat incarnate and uh, Todd Gurley they're running for them they've ranked been ranked number one against the rush the past few weeks I, I really like The way they've looked, um, again, I, I I would not expect a huge week out of Joe Mixon unless he's getting the ball in the receiving game. But we're expecting Giovanni Bernard to be back in this game. So I wouldn't expect that in the past here. So again, we were just talking about Tyler Boyd stepping up and being the number one. A couple other guys that I think might have good games as... New Orleans defense in the secondary has actually been surprisingly bad, being ranked right around 28 every week. Last week, 31st. I expect that to continue this week. And while Tyler Boyd is the obvious must start for them, they do have Cody Core, Alex Erickson, Josh, John Ross, and Auden Tate. My goodness, I cannot say people's names right now. Auden Tate is interesting to me. Uh, he was a rookie this year. Um, Big-bodied guy. Uh, I like the way he looked at the combine and in college. 6'5", 228. I think he this could be a breakout game for him. I just don't trust John Ross. Uh, and I honestly don't even know who Cody Core is. And I don't trust Alex Erickson as well. John Ross is consistently getting hurt. They did say that he will be back and play this week. But Auden Tate, he's a guy to look out for for me. In this game, again, Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton. I expect to have huge games here. Uh, CJ Uzoma, I think, could score here, uh, but I would not play him unless you're truly, truly desperate. And again, don't expect Mixon to have a good game at all. I have the New Orleans Saints winning this game. Next up, we have a battle in the AFC South of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, So this game, Indianapolis is actually favored to win by 67%, which is a little bit interesting to me, but they're only being given... Two points. Uh, Nobody really concerning on the injury report for either of them, which is good. So for Jacksonville side here, it all comes down to old Blakey Bortles. What is Blake going to look like? Is he going to be good? I am not sold that he will be. As Indianapolis's defense has actually been very good this year, most of that coming because of Darius Leonard. Uh, They've been ranked right around twenty in the passing game, so. I could see Blake Bortle putting up points. We just got to hope that good Blake shows up. Uh, For me, in the receiving game, I think the only guy you can rely on is uh, D.D. Westbrook. I just don't expect anybody else really to go off for them. Uh, I mean, you have Keelan Cole and uh, Dante Moncrief as well. I just don't expect much out of any of those guys. D.D. Westbrook is the only one that intrigues me uh, in this passing game for the rushing attack here, so... Leonard Fournette is supposed to be back this week. I'm very interested to see what he does and how he plays, how many carries he gets right now. I still think they're going to rely heavily on TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde as they work Fournette back. I would not start Fournette if you have him. Uh, In all honesty, I wouldn't start Yeldon or Hyde either, but if you have to start one of them, I would go with Yeldon. For Indianapolis' side here, it's going to be very interesting as usually you would think you're going to sit your studs or be weary of them going up against Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville has just not been that great this year on defense, especially against the run. Their past defense has been much better than people think. Uh, They are consistently ranked in the top 10, actually ranked number one the past couple weeks against Philadelphia and Houston. Uh, And I I do think that their past defense gets a little bit criticized because of the fact that Jalen Ramsey hasn't quite looked like the way he did last year. Now, I don't expect any of these Colts wide receivers to do much of anything. I have the most faith in T.Y. Hilton because he's the most talented out of all of them, but I don't expect him to go off. Uh, Eric Ebron I could see getting some scores here, but I'm really not sold on Ebron doing much of anything either. And, of course, all that leads us into Andrew Luck. What is Andrew Luck going to do here? I don't expect him to have a huge game here. I actually have Jacksonville winning this game. I know a lot of people are on Indy's side. They think that Indy is going to be able to come in here and blow out Jacksonville because Jacksonville's shown that they can be blown out here the past couple weeks when they played, uh, and they just have not looked good going into their bye week last week. But I think they're going to bounce back with a vengeance here here the only cult player i would feel really good about playing is marlon mack uh as much as i hate to admit this he has looked very good since coming back from his injury i expect him to be able to do that as that is really where jacksonville's defense has struggled and against the running attack where they've consistently finished in the mid 20s so marlon mack is my big play here for indianapolis the one guy i expect to go off Obviously, if you have T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, and Andrew Luck, you're likely starting them because you don't have anybody better. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game. Next up, we have a matchup in the NFC North. Sorry, guys. I'm just getting a little bit tired here, and sometimes I just uh, make a dumbass out of myself when I'm getting tired I uh, had a long day at work today so next up we have the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions Chicago is 75% chance a uh, favorite to win this game and uh, they are being given six points so for the Lions side here I don't even know where to go with these guys their biggest guy on the injury report is Darius Slay who has been ruled out that is great news. I mean, great news for the Chicago Bears, Detroit fans, and their franchise have just got to be shaking their heads at this point, as they've just looked not—they've just looked bad this year. Starting from their blowout against the rookie Sam Darnold in the New York Jets in Week One, all the way to trading Golden Tate a couple weeks ago, they have just not looked good, and I don't expect them to look good in this game either. For Detroit, I don't think that you can uh, rely on Matt Stafford here. He has looked really shaky the past couple weeks and is going up against um, a decent pass defense here. Uh, I don't, I obviously don't like him losing Golden Tate as well. I really do think that hurts kind of his uh, emergency outlet guy, uh, the guy that he relied on quite a lot. Uh, and I'm not really liking Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones' matchup here either. If I had to pick one, I would take Marvin Jones. He's been more consistent. He's been getting more of the targets compared to Kenny Galladay. Uh, and Kenny Galladay has really kind of shrunk in here the past couple of weeks. Um, I wouldn't sell on Kenny Galladay at all. Kenny Galladay is by far the more talented player. And I think Kenny Galladay has a chance to be a very legit wide receiver in the NFL. He's just struggling to be, kind, to be productive and do anything really here in this offense. For the running attack here... Uh, avoid carry on johnson as much as possible in my opinion just just to give you guys an idea of idea here of how good the bears are against the run even before Khalil Mack 5 4 2 2 Four, four, three, three. That is their rank against a run since week one. They have been incredible at stopping the run. Uh, I love Carry On Johnson. I love what the guy can do in the passing game as well. I do think that he'll obviously be able to get some points, uh, getting some passes out of the backfield and doing stuff for you. I just don't expect a huge day for him at all. So I really expect him to kind of finish more toward the bottom end of that RB2 category, maybe even top, an upside RB3 like this. So this Bears defense has been really good, and I'm not expecting much out of carry-on at all. For the Bears here, so Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Palooza, not expecting huge game out of him either. I do expect this game to kind of come down to the running attack for the Bears. Again, it's great news for Allen Robinson that Darius Slay is out, but they still have a very good defense against the pass. They've been in the top 10 every single week against the pass. What they haven't been good at is the rush defense. They've literally ranked 29th, 31st, 31st, 30th, 20th, 30th, 30th, and 30th. So get Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in your lineups and do it quickly. Tariq Cohen, I expect to have a better game than uh, Jordan Howard. I do think that they'll kind of revert back to the means as they showed a couple weeks ago with Tariq Cohen getting a lot of catches and some work out of the backfield. uh, They leaned heavily on Jordan Howard last week, got you the 60 yards and two touchdowns, which we talked about on here, though I was hoping he'd get 100 Uh, I do like both of them, though I do expect both of them to go off. Allen Robinson, I expect to have a good game as well. Again, with Darius Slay being out, he is by far one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He is an elite cornerback. With him being out, I think that does nothing but help Allen Robinson. He is still dealing with the injury, so I wouldn't expect him to just go completely... Bonkers here and get you like a 100 plus yards and a touchdown, but I do expect him to have a good game in his first kind of getting back into it uh, game here with the Bears. I do like Taylor Gabriel in this matchup as well. And last but not least, of course, with the Bears, you've got Trey Berton. He is going to, I think, put up some very good numbers here at the tight end position. Again, he's been a top 12 tight end all season long. I don't expect that to change this week. And... Probably coming to nobody's surprise here, I have the Chicago Bears winning this game. Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City giving a 93% chance to win this game, and they are 16-point favorites. So for Arizona here, I think it's fairly easy. You're starting DJ. That's about it. Uh, I do like Christian Kirk. I do think he could uh, do something here in this matchup. He'll likely get matched up against Marcus Peters at times. And while Marcus Peters has struggled, uh, he's still a veteran cornerback. Uh, I do think that he'll be able to kind of slow down. Christian Kirk here a little bit. I expect Christian Kirk to put up a a, a big play, though. Uh, I do think he's got that big play ability, but I think it's going to be feed. DJ, I mean, I can literally see a play sequence going like this. DJ, 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 DJ. Larry, DJ, DJ. Kirk... DJ, 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 and, and continuing. That, that's what they should do. Obviously, again, Byron left, which took over as the offensive play calling duties. Uh, they are still trying to get DJ more involved here and become the focal point of the offense yet again. I do like DJ to have a good game here. And then on outside chance, Christian Kirk. I, I I need to see it one more time from Larry. I know Larry had a really good week a couple weeks ago, but I still need to see it one more time. For Kansas City side here, it's really easy. If you've got Patrick Mahomes, guess what? You're starting him. You got Kareem Hunt, guess what? You are starting him. You got Tyreek Hill. You're starting him. Do you have Travis Kelsey? Yeah, about Travis No, 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 no. Don't even think about you're starting him. That's it, guys. End of story. That's not even a question for those four guys. The rest of the year, they're in your line. I don't even care if they're on a bye week. They're likely outscoring players on your team. That's how fucking good these guys are. They're in your lineup. Just put them in. Stop questioning it. Sammy Watkins, don't play him, guys. He's got a rough matchup this week. As chances are, he's the one who's going to get matched up with Patrick Peterson more often than not. PP shuts it down, guys. He shuts it down. He doesn't leak or anything like that. I know. Inappropriate bathroom humor. Get over it. Patrick Peterson is still a legit top cornerback, top three in the game. He's going to be able to shut down Sammy Watkins. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. So avoid playing Sammy. Everybody else needs to be in your lineup. Don't even think twice about it. And I mean, if you really have to guess who I'm playing or picking here, you, you probably don't know much about football or fantasy. Taking the Arizona Cardinals for the weak upset, baby. Let's go! No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's, it's gonna be the Chiefs here, fairly, fairly easily. Next up, we have the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, New England is a 62% favorite to win or 62% chance to win the game and they are a s- given 6 points against the Tennessee Titans for New England Tom Brady expect him to actually have a pretty good game here I know last week he kind of put up some mediocre numbers for you but I do expect him to have a, a much better game. I don't expect this game to be a blowout at all. I actually think Tennessee has a chance to stay in this game. I'm not predicting a, an, you know, an AFC playoff matchup like they had last year uh, to come back. whatever. I would think it was the c- conference round or whatever it was. When they played last year, New England kind of blew them out after that first quarter. I'm not projecting that. I actually think the Titans stay in this game for quite a while. As their defense is really good. While they've struggled against the rush, they've been a top 10 defense almost all year long against the pass. Uh, I would still play Julian Edelman. I do think Edelman obviously is going to get a lot of his points in PPR through the catches and the yards that he racks up. Therefore, after, he is going to be worth the play. And I do think Josh Gordon actually is going to be a good play this week again. We, we've, uh, we've seen over the past few weeks how much they've been trying to get him into the offense and work him in more and more. Obviously, last week, I guess you could call, was his breakout week, even though it was more kind of a missed tackle that broke him away for that touchdown. Still, he did all the work to get to that touchdown. So, I do like Gordon this week as well. For the running backs here, Sony Michelle is expected to come back. I would still be hesitant to play him. Tennessee has only been allowing 3.3 yards a carry to everyone except for Zeke uh, as Zeke kind of tore them up until they stopped using Zeke on Monday Night Football. Uh, But I do expect, uh, I just expect them to kind of be able to slow him down and shut him down. James White though is still an obvious play if you have him due to what he can do in the receiving game out of the backfield. Uh, and just something to watch for here in New England. Rex Burkhead is starting to come back, and he's practicing. If he does get back, added back to the roster, I think that could kind of kill James White and some of Sony Michelle's value here, guys. So just watch that closely. We are getting closer to a return for Rexington Burkhead. For the Titans, Marcus Mariota. I actually like Marcus again this week. We talked about it on Monday's podcast that I thought he would have a good game against the Cowboys defense that I thought uh, was it was fairly good. Obviously not one of the best in the league, but they were very good as I described it, a bend, don't break defense. They'll give up the yards. They usually don't give up the touchdowns. They kind of did give up the touchdowns in this game, but I thought Marcus looked good. Again, all the talk was that he looked very healthy coming out of the bye week, and he did. He looked very good. The Patriots defense has been atrocious against the pass this year, guys. Uh, they have not finished inside. The, they've only finished inside the top 10 twice against two bad teams, if we're being honest. Other than that, they've been finishing in the 20s. I think that this uh, pass defense can be had. They just don't have anybody really back there besides Stefan Gilmore. So what does that mean for them? Who are you targeting? I think Corey Davis is going to be the guy this week. I really think he's going to have a good week. I know everybody keeps talking about how he's going to have a good week. I'm really hoping it happens this week because, well, I'm, I'm projecting it. I'm predicting that he has a big week, so I kind of have to go that route. Other than him, no, there's not anybody else I really have a lot of faith in besides Dion Lewis, and I do expect him to come up big for you in, in really the entire game. This defense for New England... Um, they've always done a very good job of trying to limit points. Uh, they do much, again, like Dallas. They're very much a bend, don't break uh, defense. They'll give up the yards a lot you to get down there, but then make you kick field goals. The difference is they don't really have those huge uh, huge big-name guys that are really making plays. They do work well as a team. They're probably one of the best well-run teams, best defensive team that plays as a team uh not necessarily a lot of individualistic play out there but I do expect Deion Lewis to go off here my one fear with Deion Lewis and I have to throw it out there I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here what worries me is the fact that he has been a New England Patriot all these years I do think Bill could easily come up with a way to stop him because Bill Belichick is just that good of a coach that being said, I don't expect it to happen. I do expect Deion Lewis to have a very good game. If you have him in your lineups, he's creeping up toward that top of the RB2 category. To, uh, category uh, my goodness, I, I keep wanting to say category, guys. The RB2 area. Uh, and I do think that he's going to have the staying power to stay there the rest of the season. I think that the Titans through the bye, if they continue showing what they showed against Dallas, they clearly know that Deion Lewis is by far the best back. He's the guy to go with. Uh, and so I do expect that to happen. Derek Henry, I'm sure we'll get some run here, but it's all Deion all day long uh back on the wide receivers really quick here for them so I did talk about Corey Davis how I think he's going to have a big game Uh, I do kind of like Taewon Taylor a little bit here as well I like the his how explosive he can be once he gets the ball Uh, I just don't know if he has a huge game here but if you're in a deep league or you're looking maybe possibly in DFS for a guy who could surprise that I'm sure not a lot of people are going to own it for me it's Taewon Taylor in this game. However. Just make sure to watch him. He is dealing with a foot injury. He is technically listed as questionable right now for the game, though he is, at least from what I've heard, expected to play. But just watch that in case something happens last minute and they decide to pull him. And even though I do expect this to be a very close game, I do have the Patriots winning. Next up, we have a game that I think actually could be very interesting for fantasy, the Washington Redskins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Tampa Bay is actually favored by fifty-four percent to win this game, and they are being uh, given three points. For me, that's really just kind of a pick'em game. Uh, most times, if you talk to people or if you read stuff about the Vegas lines, they automatically give you three points if you're a home, if you're the home team. So, Tampa Bay getting three points really for me means that it's a pick'em game. For Washington here, I like Alex Smith this week. Uh, this pass defense for Tampa Bay has been horrible they've literally been the in the bottom of the league the entire season 32nd 31st 31st 32nd 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 31st 30th they've been horrible and i know alex smith doesn't throw the ball doesn't take deep shots you know all this other crap about alex smith it's going to happen this game because the defense is just so bad that their plays and they're going to be players open, and Alex Smith is going to be able to hit him. Say what you want about Alex Smith, he is an NFL quarterback. I think he is much underrated. Yeah, he's obviously not the best deep thrower in the world, although he had the best completion percentage last year in deep balls, and he doesn't take a lot of risk. Some people like that, some people don't. You know, Sometimes, as people say, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Well, Alex Smith would rather just, whatever, not get the biscuit. He, he plays a safe play, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know you're not going to get the turnovers with him, which, in, you know, for me in fantasy games where you lose points or turnovers, that kind of sucks. So when you don't have it, that's awesome because the dude doesn't turn the ball over. And so while I do expect him to be able to throw the ball and and get, uh you know, yards and points up against this defense, the question really is going to be who is he throwing the ball to? And honestly... I uh, I mean next I don't uh, I really don't know guys this wide receiver core has been decimated uh, it looks horrible I would almost think if you were if if you want to use a baseball term you'd be looking at like a double A roster here of wide receivers the big name here is obviously Josh Doxon. Uh he was you know again the first round pick a couple years ago out of TCU everybody expecting him. To have become a wide receiver one. That is yet to happen. He did have a good week last week. Uh, Did score the touchdown. So things are looking up for him. I guess they couldn't get worse. They hopefully could get better. Uh, I do expect Doxon to have an okay game here. uh, But I think obviously it really relies on what uh, Mo Harris can do. Maurice Harris. He's the one who's really looked explosive here. Obviously had the over the 100 yards last week. I do like Maurice Harris, but I think it's really obviously comes down to those two. So I don't trust anything with Michael Floyd or Jay who Chase and Chess. I don't even know who that guy is, guys. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but watch him be the one who goes off for like 120 yards and two touchdowns this week. Uh, really, though, I think it does. it is going to come down to, to Harris and Doxson for me. Watch Jamison Crowder, though. There is talks that he could play in this game. He's still dealing with the ankle issue I just I think Crowder could do something though, guys. He he was always kind of a, a really good target for Kirk Cousins when he played. Alex Smith has always shown a propensity to target those guys in the short area. Jordan Reed has just sucked all year long, which is actually incredibly ironic and funny uh, because the dude's never stayed healthy. And now he stayed healthy for uh, going into week ten, and yet he's just sucked. Usually he sucks because he's injured. Now he's not injured, but yet he sucks. Uh, so I would. I would really like to see if Crowder, if he can get in there, if he can get some kind of connection here with Alex Smith. For the running backs, Adrian Peterson, I don't expect anything out of him. Uh, you know, I know I talked about it earlier in the year, and I had to come out and apologize because I did not think Adrian Peterson was going to be able to do it all year long. And so far, he's shutting me up. Uh, he's been producing every single week except for last week, and that's why, why. Because they lost two more offensive linemen to injuries. I do think that's going to hurt him In the running game here. Now, please don't mistake that with me thinking that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rush defense is good. Oh wait, it is good. And so that is another reason why I am really worried about Adrian Peterson. I know he's come out earlier this week and said don't worry about me. I've got it. I can handle the work. I'm going to get it done. I'm not so sure. Again, this Tampa Bay defense has been really good against the run. And with those injuries, I actually could see them getting to Alex Smith. A little bit here. And then obviously kind of slowing down Adrian Peterson for Tampa Bay. Guess what? Washington, their defense kind of sucks too, guys. And that is exactly why I think this is going to be a great game for fantasy if you have players in it. So, let's start with the part of their defense that's good. The running game. These guys have been Awesome against a rush all year long. Uh, we talked about it last week. There was like a four-week stretch where they were letting guys like Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, uh, I don't even remember the other two names, but look, guys, those two names are elite starting running backs, right? And they didn't even let those guys get over 50 yards, over 80 yards. They were shutting them down, and their defense is still shutting people down against a run. Well, that really doesn't matter because Peyton Barber sucks, guys. Ronald Jones is out. I don't trust Jaquiz Rogers. So don't worry about playing any of these guys. Leave them on your benches. The plays are Ryan Fitzmagic and the wide receivers. Because why? The Redskins defense blows against the pass. They are horrible. They have only finished in the top 10, oh, well, twice. So I take that back. They finished in the top 10 twice. But other than that, they've been horrible. Now adding Ha Clinton Dix could help them out. I do like Dix, and I could see that happening. But the the Buccaneers have way too many receiving options here for all of them to get shut down. I actually expect this to be a huge Deshaun Jackson game. He's the guy I would lean to. Um, you know, Trying to take my Mike Evans hate out of it. I don't expect Mike Evans, though, to ha- have a good game. Uh, and I don't want to say Adam Humphreys was a one-off. Uh, I do think that he's going to have some fantasy relevance later on in the season. I just don't expect it to be this week. Uh, I do like Chris Godwin, but I don't expect him to go off as well. Deshaun Jackson is the guy for me in this receiving game. Uh, and I don't actually think O.J. Howard has a huge game here either. I just, uh, not necessarily the matchups, I just have a bad feeling about it. I think Swearinger, just looking at the at the stats right now here, Swearinger has actually been really good against the tight ends. Uh, and I expect him to actually be able to kind of slow down and possibly even shut down O.J. Howard here. Uh, so I would expect a bad game for O.J. Howard. And... I actually have the Redskins winning this game. I've got a good feeling about Alex Smith and everything going up against this defense. They're the ones that I'm going with. Next up in the last afternoon game for Sunday, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. Why? Why do we why do we have to talk about this game? Seriously, guys. You're not starting anybody. Just don't. Don't do it to you yourself. You're you're better than that. Start someone on a bye. They won't get you negative points, guys. For the Bills, it's shady. That's it, guys. I just I can't imagine starting anybody else. This Jets defense has been decent against the pass and the run. I just can't, I I really can't. I can't come up with anything else for you guys except for shady. Shady's it, and I, I mean that. We'll see what they're running or not the running back, the tight end can do. Jason Kroom is uh, is going to be taking over with Charles Clay being out due to his hamstring. I am a little intrigued to see what he is like. Uh, a lot of people have talked about him. Uh, they like him. I honestly don't know much about him. Uh, might be a worthy little play this week if you need a bye week fill in uh, and can't get anybody else. He could be something. Other than him, though, for for the Bills, there's just, just nothing here for me. Uh, on the game, though, the Jets are the 63% favorite to win the game, and they are being given seven points. So for the Jets, uh, we talked about earlier in the week, Sam Darnold has already been ruled out. He's been in a walking boot dealing with a foot injury. So we got Josh McCallum in there. I do think Josh McCallum can bring this offense to life just a little bit. Uh, would not I would not take anybody in this running attack, though, between Isaiah Crowell Sorry, I shouldn't have said anybody. I wouldn't take Isaiah Crowell. Elijah McGuire is the guy to me, and I actually think McGuire could have a good game here. I'm actually projecting him to be an RB2 this week, so he's someone I would plug in there. If I get that wrong, though, don't at me. Uh, For the wide receivers here, uh, Buffalo's defense, again, I know we've talked about this before. Since Sean McDermott took over the play calling, they've been fairly good. Uh, Been mediocre right in the middle of the pack against the run and the pass here. There's just nobody that really sticks out for me at the wide receivers that I would really trust playing. Obviously, I've, I've talked about him before. I really like Quincy and Nunwa. I'm just not sure that he's still really kind of fully healthy. Uh, I do think that uh, he obviously showed great with Josh McCown a couple of years ago uh, before he got the neck injury. Uh, so he's probably the one guy I would lean on most, uh, but I don't trust Jermaine Curse. Robbie Anderson is doubtful, I believe, again, to go with the ankle injury. So for me, it would just be Quincy and Nunwa. I mean, I like Richard Matthews, but I just don't think that he's going to be on the field enough as I still think he's still kind of trying to learn this offense. Uh, so really it's just Quincy and Nunma for me and Chris Herndon, uh, we'll be interested to see how he does with Josh McCowan. Obviously he's had a nice little connection with Sam Darnold here lately. Uh, just shooting up the tight, tight ends uh, fantasy boards as he's been putting up a lot of points and getting targeted quite often. Would like to see what he does with Josh McCowan. And I have the Jets winning the game. Next up as we jump into our first of the three afternoon games. The Los Angeles Chargers against the technically still Oakland Raiders. So Los Angeles is a 75% Are being given 75% chance to win this game and they're being given 10 points for Los Angeles I think you gotta start Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen fairly simple just do it as well you know Oakland has sucked against well the pass and the run and they just cut Bruce Irvin so I think it's all let's go for the Chargers. everybody jump on that train he of like a, a big choo choo train That's right, guys. Come on. On board. Let's go. Let's go. Los Angeles. They are one of the best teams in the AFC and not getting any credit whatsoever. Uh, I would, again, start Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, and Keenan Allen. For the rest of the Chargers, though, Tyrell Williams, I think, is probably the most interesting to me. Uh, Obviously, he's had a couple huge games here. I don't think that there's anybody on this Oakland Raiders secondary who can slow him down. If I had to pick one of the Williams brothers, it would be him. And I'm not really big on Austin Eckler this week either. Um, Obviously, I think that there's a good chance he could come through for you as he is a very explosive playmaker. Uh, But I would just kind of go Melvin Gordon. If you got Eckler, I'd kind of leave him on the bench this week. Uh, Four... Oh, real quick on, on the Chargers. I know we talked about it earlier. Uh, there is still talk about them bringing Hunter Henry back. If you have a spot on your bench that you don't really need somebody, I would grab him. Chances are very slim that he'll be back in time for the fantasy playoffs, but if he is, this dude is one of the best tight ends I think uh Around and if he's going to be getting the ball from Phillip Rivers, even if he's not completely healthy. We've seen what Antonio Gates can do when he's not even fully healthy or can barely run faster than an 80-year-old woman with a walker walking down the aisle at Albertsons. Hunter Henry can, and I think he'll be able to get a point. So it's just something to look at, something to think about. Now on to Oakland. So I don't think you can play anybody here, guys. I just just don't know who you're going to play. Derek Carr has been horrible and looked like shit, Almost all year long, he's had one good game. The Chargers are top 10, no, top 12 against the pass and the rush. Their defense is great. You know, they don't even have Joey Bosa or Jason Verrett out there, and they've been balling almost all season long. I just don't know how you could play anybody on Oakland if there's one player. It's Jalen Rashard just because of what he can do receiving-wise out of the backfield. Avoid Derek Carr. Avoid Jordy Nelson. Avoid Martavius Bryant. uh, Don't avoid Jared Cook. You could probably play Jared Cook, though I don't expect him to have a huge game. But avoid Doug Martin. And then possibly play Jalen Rashard. Those are the only two that I would feel at all comfortable playing is, again, Jalen Rashard and Jared Cook, and I don't expect big games out of either of them. I have Los Angeles winning this game easily. Next up, a very interesting game, uh, for me at least, at least I think it will be, the Miami Dolphins and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, 81% favorite to win the game, and they're being given 9 points. For the Dolphins, there's talk that Ryan Tannehill may be back. More than likely, though, it is going to be The Brock Lobster, back at it again. Brock Osweiler. And I don't really think he has a good game here. Uh, Green Bay, I think, as I've talked about earlier in the week, I think is going to come into this game extremely pissed that they ended up losing that game to New England. I think they're going to come in here and run all over Miami. Uh, their past defense has been awesome all year long, right around in the top 10, actually the top seven for the most part this season, a couple bad weeks in there, but that's going to happen. I mean, they were a top 10 defense ranked even against the Patriots. Uh, and I mean, we saw don't let that final score fool you. It was actually a game going into that fourth quarter until that fumble by Aaron Jones, so for them again, I would not trust Brock. Uh, really, out of all the wide receivers, I think it's just Danny Amendola. I mean, like, do they do they even have any other wide receivers besides Danny Amendola? I mean, I mean, they've got Devontae Parker. I mean, even that made me a little bit sick to my stomach just to say that. So I really would avoid everybody. Kenny Still's is back, uh, and I do like Kenny Still's. I just don't expect him to do anything in this game. Now for the even more nauseating part of this team, is it going to be Kenyon Drake, is it going to be Frank Gore, who knows, I don't know, do you know, because if you do, at me on Twitter, because I don't know who it's going to be, does Adam Gase even know, I think he just flips a coin when he's sitting alone in his hotel room as he's sobbing himself to sleep, realizing that he's ruining our fantasy lives, and it's frustrating as hell. Obviously as I've talked about I think Kenyon Drake is the much better back. I wish that he would get more run like he did a couple weeks ago when he was putting up 20 plus points in fantasy because he was being used the way he should be. I expect him to be used that way this week. Again the one thing that Green Bay does struggle against is running backs out of the backfield. Especially if Blake Martinez is going to miss some time with his injury. I like Kenyon Drake in this matchup. I think that he is going to put up points, but I feel like you have to put a huge disclaimer around that because you just who knows what Adam Gase is going to do with him. For Green Bay. Obviously, you're starting that bad, bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Miami's defense has really struggled against the pass and the run this year, but hey, they've got some really, really good linebackers, and I actually do like some of their, uh, their cornerbacks, though, in Savion Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick, what's going to be, and obviously Rashad Jones, too, can't, I I can't believe I almost forgot about Rashad Jones, to be honest with you. Uh, for me, it's going to be interesting to see who matches up with who. I obviously think that with, for the Packers, it's just Devontae Adams and MVS, that, that's really it, uh. There's nobody else that I would trust here. Randall Cobb is going to play. Obviously, we've lost Geronimo. Geronimo Allison for the year. Uh, he is out with the injury. Been been uh, placed on IR after the surgery. I don't trust Randall Cobb, so it's just going to come down to what Devontae Adams and MVS can do. I, I'm really leaning toward MVS, as I do think that he's going to get the better matchup most of the time, out of the slot against Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, When he's moved to the outsides, though, I mean, uh, Rashad Jones and and Xavier Howard are really good guys. So I could see this being a little bit of a struggle for this Packers defense. I'm sorry, the Packers offense. However... I think they're going to be on the field so much they're going to burn and they're going to get some plays. I do expect Devontae Adams to score. Uh, So while I don't expect huge games for either one of those guys, I do think for fantasy at least they're going to come through for you and put up numbers to at least be worthy of starting in your lineups as flexes or wide receivers twos. For the running backs, I I still think it's Aaron Jones. I know he had a huge fumble last week. I actually think he's going to come back and have a big week this week as to kind of not necessarily make up for what he did because – I mean, if you follow the guy on Twitter, you can see how upset he was about losing that fumble and possibly causing maybe not the Packers to win the game. as There's no guarantee that they stay in it, but they were definitely driving down the field with a chance to score there when he fumbled the ball. So I am expecting him to kind of bounce back and have a good game here. I expect him to put up double digits, probably get you close to 12, 13 points this week, uh, as I do expect him to get you a touchdown. For Jimmy Graham, I just don't expect him to do anything. As I've talked about, I'm really starting to label him as a red zone tight end, much like a bunch of others we've talked about on this podcast before, and uh, that I don't think he does anything for you unless he scores. And I'm really not, I don't expect him to score this week, so therefore I don't expect him to do anything. And of course, if you couldn't have guessed, I have, well, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers winning this game. The last game. Of the Sunday afternoon slate. The Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles the 77% favorite. And being given 9 points for Seattle. I like Russell Wilson in this game. talked about it on Monday's podcast. When we were reviewing everything. They have really been, not necessarily allowing him, but he's been running the ball more often, which is great for us as fantasy owners because he really does produce in that part of the game. Uh, That's kind of been what he's been doing over the past few years, and he's really kind of gotten back into that. He also threw the ball a lot more this past weekend, and I expect that to continue this week against the Rams. He's been very efficient with his passing and scoring touchdowns. I just, I, I like the matchup. I think it's going to be much closer than people give it credit for. They barely lost to the Rams just a couple weeks ago. Uh, they played, they played each other, I believe it was uh, five weeks ago, and it was, it was a, a three-point game. I mean, this was a really good game, guys. Uh, Seattle has actually looked really good since starting off the season so poorly for the rushing attack here. So Chris Carson likely out. So it's all going to be on Mike Davis. Not a big fan of Mike Davis in this game going up against that Rams uh, front line and linebackers. They've been consistently right around the 10 mark uh, against uh, the rush. More closer to 12 and 14, but still right there. Their defense is good against the run. I wouldn't trust any of these guys. Wide receiver wise, I think you've got to, to play Doug Baldwin. I think he finally really kind of bounces back for you and has a really good game this week. Uh, And I think Tyler Lockett bounces back to another uh, 2 double-digit point game for him. Uh, He's obviously having a great year so far. I mean, realistically, in PPR leagues, he has put up double digits for you every week except for last week against the Chargers, and I expect him to get back on a nice little double-digit streak here this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if David Moore, the kind of breakout second-year wide receiver for them, has himself a good game as well. For the Rams... They're a lot they're they're the Chiefs of the NFC guys. You're starting Jared Goff. You're starting Todd Gurley. Where it's it interesting is their wide receivers. Are you starting all three of these guys? So what I'll say is Seattle's defense has really come on of late. And while they have continued to struggle against the run, they have been really good against the pass. If I for me, I think it's a Bobert Woods game here. I really like Robert Woods and of course Cooper Cup. Uh Cooper Cup is Jared Goff's go-to guy. They're, they're practically best friends. Okay, name your favorite dinosaur. Velociraptor. Alright, if you were a chick, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? John, John Samos. Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. And so I'm really not expecting a lot out of Brand Cooks in this one. It, it would definitely be Robert Woods or Robert Woods for those of you who like to call it Robert and Cooper Cup for me. Uh, and I have I have the Rams winning this game, but... A very close game. And for our last matchup of Sunday. The Sunday night game. The Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. So Philly, the 73% favorites to win this game. And they are being given 7 points. For the Cowboys. I just really don't know where to go with this guy. So Dak Prescott has just not been good this year. Uh, there was a stat I read earlier today. Where... He has obviously more wins in his rookie year with 14 than he has in his past 24 games. He also has one of the lowest QB ratings in the league just ahead of Jameis Winston. And that's, I mean, James and Blake Bortles, I believe, is the Brock Osweiler has a better completion percentage than Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott does this year. For whatever reason, Dak is just continuing to struggle. I really do think a lot of it has to do with the offensive play calling and just really the way they run this. Uh, they run the team in general. I mean, Zeke has just... Zeke's getting run into the ground, and yet they still can't do anything. Why they don't call more play actions and everything, I have no idea. Uh, But I just don't think you can play anybody comfortably outside of Zeke in this game. I like Philly. Their defense is extremely good in both the pass and the rush. Uh, So for me, it's just Zeke. I don't think you can play Amari. I don't think you can play Cole Beasley, and I don't think you can play Dak. If you had to pick somebody else, I would probably go Beasley, and I would not feel good about it at all. For Philly's side here, Carson Wentz, I think, is an easy play. Uh, while I don't think he goes off, uh, not only is it a division game, again, I've, I've mentioned it before, Dallas' defense is very good, very underrated. Uh, so I do think he has a good game, but doesn't quite go off. I would avoid all the running backs here. I'm just, Corey Clement, for whatever reason, is just completely. Uh, just completely gone uh, away this year. I don't know what happened. It was a Super Bowl hero just last year, and now, I mean, the dude couldn't get into a Wawa and get a beer or whatever they do at Wawa's. I've never been to one. But, I mean, he's just been, he's struggled all year long. Wendell Smallwood does not look good. Uh, You know, I've said it before. If you're in a dynasty league and you're listening to this, Josh Adams, if he's available, pick him up. I'm telling you, this kid is going to be legit from Notre Dame. Uh, He's been looking better and better the past couple weeks. I think he's going to get serious run here later in the year, uh, as I do think he is uh, just awesome. Man, we just had some breaking news come across. I'm going to try and really wrap this Philly thing up so I can get to that right here at the end. Uh, For the wide receivers, I think you can play Alshon Jeffrey very safely, and that's it. Golden Tate, I need to see what he can do. I don't trust him necessarily yet in this offense I do think he's kind of the he's probably the third target right now behind Jeffrey and Ertz or probably Ertz Jeffrey then Tate Uh, but I need to see what he can do with Wentz before I trust playing him Nelson Aguilar I think is practically dead for fantasy now uh, with Tate being there Zach Ertz easy play top tied in every single week do have Philly winning this game so the breaking news guys just real quick not going to be able to do my cover for today I apologize. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'll throw them out on Twitter Sunday morning for those of you who follow me. The breaking news here is that. My goodness, I just lost. There we go. Joe Flacco is dealing with a hip injury and might be sidelined with this coming out of the bye. Pick up Lamar Jackson now, guys. I know Lamar has not looked great at times throwing the ball, but the rushing ability alone has a chance to make him a top-12 QB the rest of the way. If you do not have a very good QB, if you're throwing out guys out there like Dak Prescott, like, you know, whomever, Nick Mullins, Brock Osweiler, Derek Carr, anybody with the Bills or Jets, Jameis Winston, well, Ryan Fitzmagic's actually been pretty good, you know, Josh Rosen, Mitch Trubisky, Matt Stafford, Blake Bortles, if you're throwing these guys out there, get Lamar Jackson, guys. I'm telling you, if this is just drop someone that you don't think you need, an extra quarterback, tie it in, whatever. Uh, There is a chance, obviously, he's not going to be the guy, but there's a lot of stuff coming out right now saying that there's a realistic shot that Joe Flacco might be sitting the rest of the year. And if that's the case, Lamar Jackson is going to be a huge Huge part of this offense, and I'm telling you, the rushing ability alone will give this dude a chance to be a top-12 QB every week. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast today, Friday, November 9th. Uh, we've got, obviously, as I have talked about, huge, huge weekend coming up, not just for the NFL, but for college. So for college, I will finally be able to get my college football podcast out tomorrow. Uh, probably come out later in the afternoon. I'm going to watch a lot of the games in the morning. I've got to finish up my article today. That will come out tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock Central Time. Uh, it'll be my top 10 running backs for the college football Uh, the 2019 NFL Draft or who I'm projecting to come out. All these guys may not come out, but they're my top 10 right now. I will talk about that in the podcast tomorrow afternoon along with my top five quarterbacks, which has already been released. It was released last week. You can find that stuff on QBList.com. Just search NFL Prospects or uh, Going Deep NFL Prospects or you can just look for my name. That will pull up those articles. Uh, And, of course, you can always follow me at SportsFanaticMB. On Twitter, and I retweet out all that stuff as well. I have a pinned tweet of my QB list article. So you can check that out there if you'd like as well. And, of course, you guys can always hit me up on Twitter for any fantasy questions. Uh, again, I will have that the college podcast out on Saturday. So enjoy the Sunday slate, guys. Hope that you guys get a much-needed win in Week 10 as we're getting closer and closer to the NFL uh I'm sorry the fantasy football playoffs which is good and bad obviously as we don't want to see the season end so good luck to everybody hope the god gu- the fantasy gods grant you a win this week they smile down favorably on you and help you out as we need those crucial wins until Monday guys have a great weekend peace prepare for glory' I don't know if you got your popcorn he you got your blood already. red. I came like the wind, eyes ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Godly. Only tackle him in the player. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.